Welcome to Bleeding Edge Interviews. I am your host, Super Dave. Thank you for joining me as I spend some time talking to the people responsible for all the amazing music you hear on Bleeding Edge on Toxic Radio. This is where we get a little bit of insight into the minds of the people who are making the choice on a regular basis to deviate from the norm and push the boundaries of rock and metal. If you've been familiar with Soen for a while, you'll know that they're a band that has been solid right from the start with a serious pedigree in the progressive metal genre. And and as one would expect with that pedigree, they're a band that absolutely nails it every time out and is continuing to rise in terms of their reach and their impact globally. This year will be the first year coming up that they will be touring the U.S., but they've been all over Europe, they've been around South America, and they're hitting festivals all over the place. So when I say that their acclaim is just continuing to grow, I'm not kidding. So I recently had the opportunity to have a nice long conversation with their guitarist extraordinaire, Cody Lee Ford, the only non-European in the band. We get to talk about everything that's going on for them right now, including the first U.S. tour dates and the upcoming festivals, as well as the release of a new album, reinterpreting a lot of their old songs, as well as one cover. The album's called Atlantis. It arrived on November 18th. And here is my conversation with Cody Lee Ford of Soma. Hey, Cody. Hey, brother. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm good, man. Doing good, man. You look well. Yeah, thank you. I'm more or less well, I think, pretty much. You as well. You look younger, of course. <laughs> yeah. Then again, most people look younger than I do these days, so why not? Uh, yeah. No, I think, uh, I think COVID put a few years on my body, that's for sure. Uh, I think it did for all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the very least on our brains, if not our bodies. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. how are things in Canada? Things are good, man. Yeah, no complaints. No complaints. It's busy, but uh, but yeah, enjoying some time off. I haven't had much much time to just uh, be at home this year. So yeah, this was like a month and a half to just chill in between tours. So yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, I was going to say you guys just wrapped up uh, the Europe leg of the tour recently. Uh, about a month, month and a half ago, as you were saying, how did that go? What was that like? Oh, it was fantastic. It was, um, it was the first tour we were able to do like post COVID with like a proper nightliner bus and everything. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, touring, we did a couple of tours kind of like, uh, we'll say post COVID, um, but still you know, kind of in the middle of it when all the waves started coming back and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really difficult, honestly, because it's, you know, we had, uh, we have our, we did one Europe tour where like the nightliner was booked mm. and then, you know, it's, it's a lot of money to book these buses. And then like a week before the tour happens, pretty much, 70% of the tour gets canceled and so you have to cancel your bus. You need to figure out how to get to the shows um, that are still happening, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of, yeah, it was, it was a stressful time, but this, this, the last tour felt, it felt honestly awesome because it was like the first tour that just felt like a normal tour again. Yeah. You know, like, of course, everybody's still, you know, being careful when we can and, um, and all that stuff. Cause it's important, but, um, I mean, just to be able to talk to people and not worry as much, 
and uh, just avoid airports for a month. <laughs> you know, it's just a nice thing. It's just, the airports are the killer, man. It's I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got a nice thrill to it once in a while. Like, you know, if you spread it out once a year to get on a plane, you go, oh, cool. I'm out traveling this, that and the other. And mm -hmm. then when you start pushing them together after a while, it's like, oh, God, the plane again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The planes, yeah. Once in a while, it's fine, but um, yeah, it's definitely a little bit taxing. Like it was like in the middle of. Uh, I mean, it was still sort of in the middle of COVID, and we went on that Latin America tour earlier uh, this year, and it was. Yeah, I mean, you have to fly to each show, right? And just the, I mean, airports are. are super shitty to begin with but then when you're a band and you've got and you know gear and stuff like that and making sure all of that gets across and um yeah so it was it was difficult and of course and of course you know every country has strict covid rules and so it's the lineups are, are really long because they have to process everybody's covid vaccination receipts right. and all this stuff and uh you know, COVID, you had to get COVID testing to get into each country and all of this. So it was, it's, um, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. I can imagine. But, um, yeah. but yeah, so it's feeling good now. It's feeling good. Like it's feeling like things are, are getting back to normal, which is, which is really nice. I mean, it was, yeah. uh, for a long time, it's hard to even imagine it would ever get back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That that's, it for a while there it did seem like oh my god this is like a permanent thing and then finally yeah. to start to open up again and be able to move around and and, mm -hmm. and feel like we've returned to some sort of semblance of normality has been quite the relief and i can imagine even more so for those of you whose living depends on being able to travel and get around and get out and see things in, in large groups in order to, to do what you got to do so yeah 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 for sure for sure it's uh yeah, I mean, I know it was a tough time for for everybody, yeah. but I know the the music industry, especially. Yeah, I mean, your whole your whole life, the 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 feeling of like, you know, what is my purpose if I'm not doing music? And but it was it was good. I mean, it forced it forced a, a lot of us to um, kind of pivot and figure out different ways to be productive and. Um, you know, for me, it was good. Like I started teaching uh, online, which um, like through Zoom, which I which I never really did because I'm sort of a technological noob, you know, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, that led to some great things because now I've got some students all over the world. And so that's that's wow. excellent. And it's uh, and it kind of, yeah, it gave us some time to record uh, Imperial properly and yeah. and then we ended up doing uh, atlantis really like through covid and stuff too so yeah. Yeah, yeah i definitely want to talk to you about that I'm, I'm curious to hear what that's all about um i was flashing back the last time we talked you talked about the uh the bonuses of traveling and the opportunity for uh serendipitous exploration i guess i'll call it uh i was yes. curious if on this tour you uh had any highlights from your travels places you managed to get into while you were in between shows um let me think about that one um 
Yeah, I mean, like, mostly it was, like, day of the shows. Uh, if we had any time, we would, you know, go see part of the city or something. So mm-hmm. I, I'd see the Coliseum, and, oh, wow. uh, yeah, which is really cool. And um, but, but honestly, for us, I mean, like, seeing sort of these historical landmarks and stuff is one thing but another thing is just like going out and just being able to experience some of the, like the, the the nightlife and the energy of of of, of cities um that's something we really enjoy uh we had like such a fun night in, in bucharest you know just like ended up at some uh super super dive bar and uh <laughs> You know, just like one of these metal dive bars, and we just had like the best night of the tour, and it's, that's just the, the kind of stuff we love. You know, just kind of yeah. um, being able to have some time to just you know see what happens, just walk yeah. around, yeah, some spontaneous kind of stuff. You know, nice yeah. to me, yeah. That that's some of my best stories. I think when I think back to traveling, especially the couple of years went with my daughter out, and and just encountering people at pubs or something like that, and yeah having a blast for the night, you know, and here it is, it's just a random encounter with people from other countries and things like that, you know, yeah. and there's, there's always got the best stories to them. Yeah, that's it. I mean, like, yeah, meeting people all, all over the world, that's, that's, uh, it's, it's really a special thing. Yeah. Now the upside is I'm excited. You guys are getting to a North American leg of the tour and check my, yes. my memory, my brain here. I'm old. I forget things. But I'm pretty certain this will be Soen's first tour in the U.S. and North America. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, first uh, proper tour. We did, um, I think it was uh, four-ish years ago when I had first joined the band. Um, we had played a festival in Atlanta, Prague Power, I think it's called. Uh, yeah. And uh, we, we tacked on a couple of Canadian shows just to kind mm-hmm. of make it worth it for the, the guys to come all the way over here and um so yeah we we've we've played uh my hometown ottawa once and then we played montreal and quebec city so just a small run of canadian shows but other than that yeah i mean we haven't we haven't done the u.s yeah um and yeah not a proper not a really proper canada tour i guess so yeah it'll be the first (laughs) first one for the band yeah it's a long time coming Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, really. Uh, COVID obviously it played a part of that, I'm sure, but that's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I get to wonder, like, you know, being the, the, the guy from Canada, from Ottawa, it's good. You have a little bit of that. Oh, good. We're coming to my hometown. Let me show you guys around and let me show you the sites. Do you, do you get excited about that or? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I think actually we have, uh, we have a show in Toronto and then a day off in between in between uh, Toronto and Ottawa. So I think I'm gonna, you know, just we'll park the bus somewhere here in Ottawa during that day off, and I'll just uh, be a tour guide for the day or something. Maybe have a party at uh, at my place. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, so I think that'll be fun. Yeah. What's uh, is there something in particular in town you're most excited to take them to or show them around at? Um. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I have to think. I mean, it's it's nice. It's always nice to go downtown. Ottawa's really, really beautiful downtown. I mean, where the Parliament buildings and everything are, and the the canal and the river, and 
it's a nice place to just walk around in the market and uh so probably do that maybe get a nice dinner somewhere and uh yeah have a little party somewhere afterwards awesome yeah i i, I gotta someday along the, my travels make my way up to canada i've not been and course at some yeah. point i need to make the pilgrimage to toronto because a big rush fan here so you know i've got oh cool got to yes. see the origin there um in the spring last year girlfriend and i went to liverpool she was a huge beatles fan so she's had her moment Sick. <laughs> time, time yeah. for mine at some point yeah you have to man you have to for sure you have to let me know if you're ever in town yeah oh absolutely we'll get a, we'll get a beer Certainly. nice mm-hmm. <laughs> so Spring, summer, you guys then get busy. You've got about a half dozen festivals you're you're uh, going to be playing at now at this point too. Is that is that a lot for bands on average? I, I I've never really kept notice uh, or kept track rather, took a notice of uh, how many festivals bands might play. But it seems like you guys are really busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's sort of because we did um, we've done sort of the, the main brunt of our imperial touring this year. So we yeah. did the Latin America, two legs of Europe. We'll be doing North America now and, uh, you know, some festivals this year. So next year, there's definitely an emphasis on festivals. Um, mm. But this time we want to kind of do it more of like a, almost like a festival tour kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, typically, because like you know for this summer we had uh maybe four or five festivals that we played but it was like kind of once a week type of thing yeah which is fine but not um you know economically not very smart honestly Mm. because you think of the the plane tickets you know don't make any money on these festivals yeah um, I mean, of course, they're, we love doing them and they're, they're so important and so important for, for, for building the band and everything. And so, of course, we're going to always continue to do these and work our way up. But, um, but now we wanted to do it just in a smarter way and, and do more of like a, a festival tour. And uh, of course, the nature of festivals is that they're usually on weekends, right? right. So we'll probably uh tack on some dates um you know just just like regular sewing shows kind of thing in between like during the week in some cities uh sort of in between festivals and stuff like that try to hit some b cities that we haven't played in yet yeah um that sort of a thing so yeah that's that's all in the process right now there's lots a lot of work going on behind the scenes so uh, yeah it's It'll, it'll be another busy year for us. <laughs> well, that's good. Then. That's good. I know uh, most recent one I had seen was the announcement about the Download Festival, which yes, for a lot of these, I think that's what, probably the biggest of them, the most well-known, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one, definitely, for us. And yeah, um, yeah we got to play some really killer ones this year. And, uh, you know, we played Vakken again. Hellfest and Copenhagen, those were all amazing festivals, really, really good. But yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, this is kind of the bee's knees in the UK, right? So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, now it's going to be good. There was, um, yeah, we, we 
played a couple of shows this this year in the UK, and it was yeah, it was really good. Nice. A lot of people seemed to really uh, enjoy having us there, so they wanted they wanted us on the on the festival circuit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, saw that uh, prognosis as well as another one of the big ones that uh, mm. hits UK. What a great name, prognosis! So many. Yeah, yeah <laughs> somebody earned their pay on that one. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can imagine, and I don't know. Like I imagine, like these kinds of festivals are are really great opportunities to maybe have that opportunity to be a fan yourself and and kind of geek out with some of the big acts and maybe check out some of the quote unquote competition, not that anybody's comp- competing really, but you know what it is to see what mm-hmm. the other guys are doing. But, but then I wonder at the same time, are, are you really in the midst of all that too busy to really sit back and enjoy it? Um, it always depends, but this, uh, this, I mean, these, these festivals are, are quite impressive. I mean, the big ones, especially, in how organized they are and that just helps us a lot um if we kind of get there and you know okay gear goes here bring your merch to the merch stand all right you've got like eight hours to kill before you got to set up on stage you know Mm. and so yeah we'll we'll hang out um go wander around check out some acts uh you know eat some good food on the festival grounds and stuff like that and a lot of times i mean just the, the, um, you know, you hang out in the artist area and the catering is excellent. There's, uh, some of these festivals, you know, they offer massages and, um, you know, stuff like that. So they treat you, they, a lot of these festivals, they treat you really well. Um, which is, which is really nice. A big part of the, you know, the experience and the, I know for, for, for the, the festival organizers, they, they want to put their best foot forward so the bands come back and so it's yeah, uh, yeah so it's a nice vibe but yeah yeah we but yeah i mean to your point yeah we we um i mean it's not that um yeah the word competition is yeah of course it's not the right word to use but if, right. of course you go out there and you look at you watch some of the the acts especially the bigger acts and you kind of see you know what are these bands doing yeah. Uh, you know, what do they do to get this far? You kind of get inspired by their live shows. And then, um, yeah, you, you, behind the scenes, you start to, to kind of plan how you can build your live show to make it better and everything. And, you know, that stuff's really important to us, right? right. Uh, we want to put on the best show possible. So, um, yeah, it's a good, you're, you're there to, to enjoy it, but you're there to learn and, be inspired and yeah it's it's a nice time and of course i mean you're kind of sitting in the same artist area same room as you know some of your heroes and stuff you know we're kind of like eating our at hellfest we're eating our meals you know beside like dave mustaine and stuff and at uh Valken, we got to meet uh ann wilson from hearts nice um stuff like that i mean it's yeah, really. that's that's the that's the shit you really remember you know yeah, it's, it leaves an impact on you. Yeah, I can imagine that. That's got to be amazing to <clears throat> have that opportunity to to really meet those people out there that have influenced you and and that you admire. So, mm-hmm. one of those things where I go, damn, I wish I was actually a musician with some reasonable level of talent. Maybe I could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> but never too late, is. man. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, start late in life. There yeah. we go. 
Um, so Atlantis, you mentioned that, and I know definitely I want to check in on that because it's it's one of those things where I know like a song or two came out and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening? Oh, new album. So tell us about Atlantis and what that's all about and and uh, what it, what we can expect. Yeah, yeah, Atlantis um, <clears throat> sort of spawns from, I think it was probably Martin's idea. Um, we, we'd always kind of toyed around with this idea of reimagining some of our songs, um, you know, more, you know, softer, dumbed down kind of way. Because I, I think it all just kind of stems from the belief that we're a band that is capable of doing this kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of ballads in our repertoire already, and um, yeah, I mean, I think the band's forte is is how um, uh, it's how kind of eclectic we can be, but um, you know how we can kind of handle the, the the hard stuff and the soft stuff kind of together and as seamlessly as we can. So, um, yeah, so we had this idea and then it just kind of snowballed, especially with, um, with COVID, uh, we had a little bit of extra time on our hands. And so we thought, thought, okay, let's, let's get this together. And this gives us some chance, a chance to, uh, you know, compose what we need to do and, um, and then think about, you know, booking the, the studio and of course we, we chose atlantis because it was just you know, the most renowned studio in scandinavia i mean it's just so full of history right and um and it was cool you know you, you get in there and there's the piano that was like on a bunch of these abba albums and stuff like that <laughs> wow <laughs> just you know shit like that right it's just a beautiful room and it has all of these um vintage microphones like you know, these mics that costs, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, stuff like that. Right. It's just amazing equipment, amazing room. And so, um, so yeah, we wanted to do it there. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, a lot of work went on behind the scenes to just kind of arrange all of this. And Lars did a, an excellent job arranging all this, all the, the string arrangements and the extra piano and, and then, uh, and then, yeah, we had, we'd actually tried to do this like in the middle of COVID. Mm. Um, we had studio books, the musicians all ready to go and everything. And then, uh, the guys didn't know that the Swedish border was closed. Oh. They had no idea. They just weren't. Yeah. They, they just thought, cause, cause Sweden was like really lax, mm-hmm. um, right. with like the masks and stuff throughout the whole thing. Yeah. So I think they didn't even think about the fact that the, the borders were closed and I was too foolish to even look it up either. <laughs> so I actually had a flight out of Toronto for some reason, I guess. Uh, we just had a bunch of vouchers from tours that we weren't able to do. So I had a flight. Uh, so I actually drove to Toronto, which is like a four and a half hour drive, got to the airport and yeah, the woman at the desk was just like, you're flying to Sweden. You can't fly to Sweden. <laughs> I was like, well, what do you mean? She's like, oh, the Swedish border has been closed to Canadians like throughout all COVID. Oh, wow. And I was like, you're kidding me. And so, 
you know, I was trying to figure out a way to get to still get to Sweden somehow, and then yeah, it all broke down. And uh, our bass player was human smugglers to get time. Border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, our bass player was living at the in the Ukraine at the time, and he tried to fly to Sweden the day after. And same thing, you couldn't get in either. And so we we just felt like, fuck, did we really do all this work and book all the studio time and not check if the if the borders were open? <laughs> It was just so stupid. Well, but, and, uh, but at the same time, who would have thought? Like you said, they were so lax about most of the pandemic protocols that a lot of countries were following. So you say it to me now, I'm like, oh, well, the borders were closed. Okay, well, I guess that makes it easier to be lax about a lot of things if you just don't let anybody in. But I wouldn't have expected it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was, um, and stuff sometimes, uh, like in, sort of in the midst of COVID, it was hard to find like the the right information. I mean, yeah. like some of these websites were completely outdated and things were just changing like weekly, right? right? So it was just so much, it was convoluted. And is it open? Is it not open? And, you know, I was sitting there in the airport with this poor woman just looking through like the government websites and the police website and everything, trying to make sure that I, and yeah, she was just like, you know, if you fly to Sweden, you get rejected there and turn around, then our airline has to pay for it. So we can't, we wow. can't, uh, we can't risk putting you on this plane. And so <laughs> anyway, long story short, we had to put that on the back burner and we went and did, uh, it was maybe a month or two later, we did a <clears throat> European tour, which yeah. I kind of alluded to earlier, where we were about to go on the road and then like, 70% of the tour got canceled because of another wave of COVID. Right. And so we needed to kind of be on our toes and, uh, you know, cancel the nightliner, rent some vans and go do some shows like in Scandinavia, like we did the driving ourselves and stuff, which is fine. And then, um, and then, yeah, we had to, we had to fly to, I think it was Portugal, Spain. They, they, they still allowed shows to happen during that wave. But, um, but yeah, because I was in Europe, we were just like, and we had all this extra time because of so much of the tour being canceled. We thought, shit, let's see if we can actually do this Atlantis thing. Now we're all here. Right. Uh, called up the studio. Do you have this weekend open? Yeah, we do. Oh, amazing. Called up all the musicians, just like, all right, this is this is a hail mary. Is everybody available this weekend? Yeah, we are. Just like, oh my god, it was meant to be. It was a miracle. Yeah, it was meant to be. So it worked out for us in the end, and uh, yeah, it was really special, really special uh, experience. Really, we got there. We had the studio for two days. So we got there. The first day is like, you know, you just set up everything tune the drums, get everything mic'd up. And uh, the screen players we hadn't been rehearsed with, with yet. So we had to just, you know, with whatever time we had left that day, just go through the songs and make sure everything was good with them. Uh, you know, fix all the little details. And and then, yeah, the next day it was like, all right, we had like 12 or 13 songs. We only had time to like play most of them like once or twice. So you got to nail your, you have to nail it in one or two takes. And the camera crew was there and um, yeah, it was an intense experience, but yeah, so special. And yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so we, we streamed it 
uh, and it was it was awesome. I mean, I watched it with my I watched it was the first time I'd kind of seen the, the final product. I'd watched that with my family, with like a bunch of friends at, oh, at my wow. parents' house, with like a nice sound system, and and uh, it was great. I felt like I was just like able to just sit there and enjoy it. I'm like a very self-critical person. Like <laughs> I usually just hate hearing myself or like watching myself or whatever. Yeah. And I felt like I was just able to just like enjoy that almost like as a fan, because it was just such a different experience. Like the songs were just so different. And, um, and David Castillo did such a good job on the mix as well. It just, honestly, I was, I was really proud of it. I was really proud of it. I was blown away by, by how it all turned out. So yeah, we're, we're excited for everybody to get their hands on the, on the DVD or the record. And yeah. I think they're going to enjoy it. That's excellent. Like you mentioned about being self-critical, that seems to be a trait that's not uncommon among artists and musicians and everything that they're, they're hypercritical of themselves. And for you to walk away from that feeling that proud and that excited is always, I think a good yeah. sign for the rest of us that are going to be listening. Cause if you're tearing it apart, then maybe there's something there, but if you're loving it, then it almost seems like, well, how could the rest of us not, if it satisfied you, the, the most critical of the people out there? Yeah, uh, that's a good yeah. sign. Yeah, it is a good sign. I hope I hope that's the case anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I think unless my brain reinterpreted what I read, this was uh, was it a string section or was it a symphony or a little bit of both, depending on the song? Like how many people are we talking about uh, participating in this? Yeah, we had a, a string quartet. Plus uh, Stefan Stenberg, the uh, previous bass player. So and he's actually um, yeah, a double bass player, oh, uh, stand-up okay. bass player. Uh, you know, she went to you know jazz school and stuff, right? Yeah. So he, um, so we thought, oh, it'd be great to have him on board too. So he came and did that. So between them five, and we had an extra piano player. Let's do some. Uh, do some extra parts and then two uh, backup vocalists. And um, yeah, one of these, one of these women is actually Joel's vocal teacher. Mm. So, so yeah, there's kind of a connection there and um, yeah. And they, I mean, their voices were just beautiful. I mean, all the musicians were just world-class. I mean, some of these, uh, some of these players have played with, like really, really big names. So right. yeah, we were really blessed to have them, to have them on board for this. And they seem to really enjoy the process to uh, the songs and stuff. You know, I think for a lot of them, it was probably the first, uh, first taste of playing kind of like metal yeah. type of music, you know? So, um, yeah, there was a good energy in the room. Everybody was, was on a high. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I mean, I, I'm at this point in time now that I fully have grasped what was going on because I get hit with so much information at once. Sometimes I have trouble processing all of it, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden it started hitting me. What the, I'm like, oh wow, okay, this is a cool idea. I like it. And then to hear you talk about it, just I think those connections and that level of investment you perceived is probably going to go a long way towards coming across in the music and the recording. So that's that's exciting. I like that idea. Um, yeah. 
So I'm curious too, for you, I mean, in, in terms of having to reinterpret these songs and in some extent, I guess, rewrite it, mm. what, what kind of challenges and or opportunities did you encounter as the person in charge of doing the guitar for all that? Yeah. Um, well, I'll deflect this back to, back to Lars. He did, he did an excellent job kind of rearranging a lot of the songs and then, mm -hmm. Um, for, for me, um, you just have to be cognizant of, of the fact that, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot more going on now. There's a lot more texture happening in the song. Yeah. You're a five piece band. You're trying to sound as huge as possible. You know, when we play live and stuff, right. So we find ways to do that, uh, you know, without using backing tracks and stuff. Cause a lot of yeah. bands use backing tracks and that's, it's not really our vibe. Right. Um, but, but now, um, yeah, you just have to be aware that, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the extra instrumentation is going to be, um, taking up space in the frequency, frequency spectrum, um, where the guitar lies a lot too. So a lot of it is just actually holding back a little bit. <laughs> And, um, you know, not overplaying, keeping things a little bit more simple, um, making sure the guitar tone is not like huge, yeah. uh, you know, that it just kind of sits in the mix nicely. And, um, and then, yeah, I mean, some of the, some of the solos still, it still made sense to keep them the same. And then some of the solos, like the one in, uh, antagonist. You know, usually in the heavy song, I kind of do this sort of like an anthemic kind of melodic type of solo. And it just didn't really make sense this time around because it's a very like broody, you know, chill part. It just kind of softens as the solo comes in. And so I had to re rewrite a solo for that, for example, mm. to, to kind of suit the vibe and um yeah so there's a lot of challenges but um it's the kind of stuff we love to do it's a lot of hard work but it's it's um we love to nerd out about this stuff and try different things and and uh and yeah just at the end of the day you just kind of hope for the best i mean right. and uh the good the good news is is when you're playing with a lot of world-class musicians, I mean, it's bound to, it's bound to come out pretty good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not always, but yeah. Yeah. I find it's, it's, I think for a lot of people, uh, they enjoy and appreciate, or, or at least they do on the outs, on the other side of it. Once it's done that opportunity to stretch themselves out of their comfort zone a little bit or out of their habit zone, so to speak, you know, that they're used mm -hmm. to doing, as, as you mentioned, you're used to maybe as five piece trying to, fill this space and and yeah. now there's more people in that space so then it, it becomes more of a challenge i guess to figure out all right well how do i make my mark without stepping over all these other people and uh i guess at the same time too it gives me the thought of I, i'm guessing in a lot of cases when when folks are developing a song when you're writing a song mm -hmm. that you maybe on occasion, if not frequently, reach a point where like there's two directions I can go with this right now. Now I got to decide which of these two directions I want to go. 
And this opportunity to reinvent it maybe gives you that, that, that possibility of visiting the direction you didn't take the first time around. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, um, I mean, that's something we're, we're even dealing with right now is, you know, we're writing new, new music and, you know, a lot of the time you, you write sort of a song or a demo and you get, um, you know, you're still sort of figuring out, you know, is this song strong enough? But the problem is that a lot of times you, you listen to the demo so many times that you start to actually get attached to the song. You get, you get attached to certain parts and it's, um, and it's, it's a very tricky thing because you have to, you have to remain objective and it's that, that it's a skill. Honestly, it's something that I'm, um, trying to get better at. Martin's very good at this. Mm-hmm. Martin's very good at this. He's, he's kind of, uh, he's got that visionary kind of thing where, you know, you can, you can kind of listen to a song and understand that it's, you know, this part is like story that we got attached to this, but it's not good enough. You know, <laughs> uh, we need, we need to completely re, re- rewrite the verse or whatever. Yeah. And then when you rewrite it and then you're just kind of like, there's, there's a, there's an overlap where you miss the old verse because yeah. you're just used to hearing it. Like you're humming it in your head and you hear this new one and you're not accepting it. And then as time goes on, you realize, yeah, this one is actually better. Yeah. It's definitely stronger than the, than the other one. But, um, to be able to just be objective, like right away and know that this is not good. This is going to be better that sort of thing. It's, it's, it's tricky for sure. And, um, yeah, it's a scary thing sometimes. I mean, when you've got, uh, two different avenues you can take and you got to choose one, you you could be left thinking, ah, what if we chose the other one? Would it be a better song? And there's no time to dwell on that kind of stuff. You just got to move forward and make a decision and Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's, been there, done that, you know, even from something as simple as, uh, which of the candy bars do I want to get out of this vending machine? <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. I've no, only got $1. Sure. I get one shot at this, you know, yeah. I got to get the right one. I'm going to be happy with, but I like this and I like this. Oh wait, there's this third one here. Damn it. Yeah. Get yeah. It? No, so totally. when you own it that much that you've created it, you know, and, and you've got to let go of maybe the one you favored or even having trouble deciding between the two of them. I can imagine that's, uh, you know, that, that, that can be hard. Yeah. You know, it's, it's natural. This came from you, you know, it's, it's, and am I getting uh, feedback that maybe, you know, this could be better or we need to do something different than this when maybe you really put your heart into it and walked away from it and go, man, I'm really happy with this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of times. I mean, when you, when you write music, um, you know, there's, uh, you know, you're, you're working hard, you might have deadlines and stuff like that. And, um, you know, of course, um, we're, you're a little bit confined by, by how much, uh, you know, money you might have to spend or might be, uh, you know, or what, what's available to you. Um, and so, you know, sometimes in the mixing process, you just kind of think, you know, you want to get, you start to get obsessive, like, you know, you, ah, this guitar tone, I'm like 90% happy with it. And, 
but then it's like, okay, but we got, we got to fucking release this album now. I mean, yeah. you know, we've been doing this for, for too long. And, yeah. and then it's, you know, it's kind of our, our motto is uh, learn to love it, <laughs> learn, to love it. <laughs> learn to love it. You know? So sometimes yeah. you release something and then a week later, you're just like, ah, yeah, the guitar tone's fine. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's good. Was there yeah. one of your songs you looked at in this process where you were looking at what you were going to redo and went, great, yes, that one. I wanted another shot at that one again. I wanted to do that over. Um, good question. Good question. Um, I think we had actually... There's, there's one or two songs we actually did, and it just didn't turn out. Yeah. Um, so good. Just wasn't a tight take or whatever. And, um, and so, yeah, we just kind of had to throw them in the trash, which is fine. I mean, we, we, we sort of prepare for this anyways, because it's, it's kind of like when you write an album, the best thing to do is always to have, you know, if you're going to have a 10 song record, do 12 or 13 songs and then trim the fat. Um, but but yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was the words we did the words, um, and it just didn't it didn't turn out good. It didn't turn yeah. out good, and I know a lot of fans will hate to hear it because I know a lot of a lot of them really love that song. But mm-hmm. well, it is what it is. Sometimes yeah. uh, sometimes that happens, right? Yeah, and it's and it's an unfortunate thing that you only get so many opportunities to to nail something the way you really want to. But yeah, again, the idea of going back and kind of reimagining the songs is always in my mind a nice opportunity to go. You know, I had some thoughts since we recorded it originally. I've got some thoughts on a do over. <laughs> yeah, oh, and you yeah. get to live that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always. I mean, that's that's the nature of it for sure. Yeah. But yeah, you just got to move onward, man. Just gotta move onward. <laughs> so curious, one of the one of the teases for the album that you guys have released early was a cover of Slipknot of Snuff. Yeah. And I'm curious how you guys came to the decision to pick out of all the songs in the world you could pick, why that one? Yeah, yeah. Um I think that it was a mix of you know, we didn't want to do a song that would be too typical. Yeah. Um, and I think the guys, they, they, they were fans of this song and we thought it was like just right in our wheelhouse because it kind of has these elements that we like to have in our own ballads. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of you know the emotion that the song has you know there's a there's a sadness to it but there's a power to it um you know it's it's uh yeah it's 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 angry at times and it's uh it's reflective at times and and um yeah i mean at the end of the day i think Joel knew, I mean, you know, Joel knew that he could sing this song really, really well. And I mean, that's, that's maybe the most important part, right? Is that Joel is comfortable singing a cover. And, um, 
And yeah, so we we came up with an arrangement that was, you know, very much our own. And, um, and yeah, I mean, what can I say about Joel's performance on that song? It's yeah. just, it's unbelievable. I mean, he just, he nails it. And it's, yeah. uh, yeah, chills when I hear it. I mean, it's yeah. when it gets to the, to the climax there and he's just belting it mm-hmm. after kind of being uh, soft and vulnerable through the through the first part of the tune it's just it's it's a great it was a great i think we're really happy with that that choice yeah yeah I, honestly you guys own it. it it almost would have been like it was always one of Soen's songs when i hear it now admittedly i, I wasn't incredibly familiar with it to begin with i i, I trend more towards stone sour than i do slipknot when it comes to Corey taylor's output so mm-hmm. i have been intimately familiar with slipknot but you know that prompted me of course to go back and listen to the original i'm going oh yeah this this was almost uh-huh. as if his his brand of of i guess i'll call it world weary anger yeah sort yeah. of simmering in there you know with a lot of stuff that like dovetailed very nicely with a lot of Soen's music so it, it it's like he he could have written that for you guys, you know, like it just kind of fit in the wheelhouse so nicely. Yeah. So I think it was, it was a really great choice there. Uh, and it kind of, I mean, on one hand sort of surprised me and the other hand it didn't, you know, I, I don't know where you guys land in terms of uh, overall group fandom of Slipknot, but I'm, I'm curious if you've heard of any reactions from Corey Taylor or the rest of the guys in Slipknot to your cover of it. Uh, no, we haven't, but um, maybe it's just serendipitous that they started playing that song again yeah. for the first time in like years and years uh, after the after our cover came out. Right. So I don't know. If, you know, like I said, it just could be coincidence or whatever. Yeah. But we thought that was kind of funny. Um. But you guys uh, help no. bring it back to the forefront a little bit, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think another important thing too is that, you know, we had this, um, you know, sort of American tour coming up and, you know, Slipknot is a big American band and, um, you know, we're hoping that for, for, for a lot of American fans, maybe this is the gateway to discovering our music. Yeah. I think, um, you know, hopefully they like it and yeah, discover us that way. Yeah. I, I couldn't understand how they wouldn't like it <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I mean, they're, they're both the original and your version are both great examples of it, but it's, it really is such a solid song to begin with. So, you know, and mm-hmm. it kind of lends itself to that, but yeah, you guys totally owned it. You know, if I'd not known it was theirs, you know, like it would have just fit so much right in there with someone's catalog that I wouldn't have questioned it. <laughs> right on, man. That's, yeah. that's good to hear. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. I'm curious. I, I didn't take note with all the festivals. You Are you guys going to be sharing a festival with Slipknot at all in this time? Have a chance to bump into them? And <laughs> um, I'm not sure, actually. Yeah. I mean... We're, we're, we're just like in the process of, you know, finalizing all the bookings for the festivals okay. and everything. And that's, that's being released slowly. 
Um, but you know, a, a lot of the times for us, I, I don't even really look at the lineup of these festivals until yeah. it's like uh, a week away. <laughs> I see what yeah. bands are playing because <laughs> it's a lot, right? It's a lot to, uh, if you're playing four or five festivals and you're just kind of thinking, yeah, which bands are we playing with again? Which, yeah, right. um, it all just kind of gets a little convoluted or whatever, but yeah, I can imagine, but we did, uh, we did play the, <clears throat> we played Valken and, um, Slipknot played, I think we played, we played two shows in, in Valken this year. So we did kind of our a hard show and then we did a soft show that was like more in the town, uh, Valken. So I think it was, um, that night Slipknot had played. So that was our first time for a lot of us actually seeing Slipknot live. No. And, uh, I wouldn't say that any of us are like huge, huge Slipknot fans. Like we're definitely, uh, you know, there's certain songs that we all like really love. And, uh, I wouldn't say any of us are like diehards or anything, but seeing them live was fucking amazing. I mean, have to, they have to be up there and maybe top five, uh, you know, metal bands that you have to see live i mean like it doesn't matter if you like them or not i mean just objectively the live show that they put on is just right. unreal it's just a spectacle you know you're just kind of like what am i seeing right now it's just <laughs> amazing yeah yeah there is something to be said about spectacle you know and 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 uh showmanship yeah. i mean otherwise bands like guar probably would have disappeared long ago but they're so well known and renowned for their yeah, uh, that's it. That's it. right there. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it comes gets to the point where you know half your audience is probably there just to just to watch the live show. They don't even like your music. Um, yeah, I think of uh, you know maybe one of the biggest metal bands nowadays is uh, Ramstein, right? Because yeah. it's like all you see is like if somebody goes to a Ramstein show, you see it all over social media. It's impossible not to take photos and videos of it, right? Yeah. Because it's just something to behold. I mean, it's like, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. you know, and, uh, you know, that's that's something that we, we, we understand too and we take to heart. So it's, you know, as you, as you continue uh, to grow as a band, yeah, the, the live performance has to continue to grow and mm. you have to offer something even better next time around. You know, typically we play, you know, we play a city at once every two years kind of thing. So you gotta, you gotta always make them want to come back, right? Put on the best show possible and, uh, yeah, shake things up. The live show is so important nowadays. Yeah, Absolutely. I can imagine, especially because I think that's primary means by which you guys make a living at this point. You know, that the, the mm. streaming services have really cut into the, the sales. Yeah. So that's not the primary means these days. It's, it's getting people out and seeing the shows and selling tickets. That's it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So curious, any other covers on the album besides that one, or will that be it? That is it. That yeah. is it. Okay. That is it. Yeah. So, kind of the the two surprises, if you will, for this album was that we did a cover and then we wrote an original song hmm. 
just for Atlantis. So right. the Trials is what it's called. And uh, we kind of released that as a single not too long ago. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of in the sewing ballad wheelhouse type of thing. And we were just able to, uh, we were just able to, uh, to go about composing it in a way uh, where we knew that we had all of this, all of these musicians uh, yeah. at our disposal. So it was, um, yeah, it's, the song turned out really nice as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I, I remember when it first came out, I was like, is this just a stray single or something? Because again, I hadn't seen or picked up on the idea that there was uh, an album attached and some of the streaming services don't bother to mention it and maybe because they either don't know or they just treat it as a single. So I'm like, well, this is just something out there to tease us a little bit because I know that happens, you know, like bands will release a few things here and there. Um, and then I think by the time Snuff came out, I went, wait a minute something's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and I found out about a week later, I'm like, Oh, okay. Very cool. So that's nice. You know, and that, uh, again, I, I dig that kind of stuff. There's some people that get all very bent out of shape because they don't like the idea. Don't, don't tamper with the classics. Don't tamper with the songs the way they are. I'm like, you know what? No, play around with them a little bit. If, if yeah, it's another yeah. band covering it, make it your own. Don't like, if you're just going to play it almost true to the original, then I'll just listen to the original. I don't, I don't need you playing it like the original was because that's nothing new, but a chance to hear you guys do something different with, with what you already had and, and bring something new to it. I love that idea. I've always been for that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And not everybody is going to love it. Of course. I mean, not anybody is going to love anything sure. uh, that you put out, you know, we knew putting out Imperial that we'd probably have, you know, some people would really like it. Some people are going to hate it. And that's just, yeah. that's just the nature of it. I mean, music is so objective and yeah. you're, you're, you're not, uh, you're not doing something right. If you don't have haters, man, I mean, like, <laughs> true. I mean, haters are just, I mean, yeah, you got haters you're, 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 you're doing, you're doing good work. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep. I, th I think as, as some wise person once said, you just got to shake it off. Yeah, I just gotta shake it off. Yeah, I, I don't pay I, I any know. mind to it. I don't pay any mind to it. I just kind of I laugh about it. And yeah. um, you know, a lot of comments are fair. I mean, some people might just say, "I prefer this version over this one," and that's fine. It's completely fine. Yeah. And, and yeah, I did bring Taylor Swift into the conversation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, getting close to wrapping up here, but I, I'm curious. You mentioned you guys have started writing for a new album. So how far along would you say you're into that? Um, right now I am just starting to, uh, track the guitars for it. So mm -hmm. the songs are mostly done, if yeah. you will. Um, you know, lots, lots will change between now and actually getting to a studio. Right. But, uh, but yeah, you know, the, we, we, we didn't have a lot of time this year to <clears throat> just kind of, you know, be at home and, and write. And so we did a lot of writing while I was in Sweden this, uh, this summer during the festival circuit. Didn't make sense for me to fly back and forth. Sure. Um, so I just chilled at, uh, at Martin's place and, um, yeah, we just kind of, 
spent, you know, five to eight hours a day just just writing, 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 writing. And um, yeah, so we're, we're getting into the next stage right now, just kind of starting to record everything. And uh, yeah, we're going to see if we can be productive as well, like while we're touring, like do some recording while we're on the road and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we want to, we want to kind of just keep things rolling and, and try to get this next album out. Um, you know, as, as soon as we can, I mean, of course yeah. you, you don't want to rush it, but, uh, you don't want to procrastinate either. Not sure. Yeah. And it's, it's gone on what January, it'll be two years since Imperial came out. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Imperial was, uh, late January or early February, something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's about on target for most bands these days, I think. But yeah, yeah, that's very cool for me. And and do you guys have in your mind at this point in time anything close to a timeline as to when this new album might come out? Sounds like it would be late next year, based on what I hear you saying at the moment. I mean, if everything went perfectly well, yeah, next year. So that's a big if, right? But uh, yeah, we'll we'll shoot for that and we'll see what happens. No cool. guarantees, but. Nah, sorry. Yeah, as you said, don't no need to rush. Make it exactly the way you want it to be, as at least as close as you can, and 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 put it out when it meets your own standards. That's the only thing I think anybody ever expects. Yeah. Again, you're you're talking to an old rush head here. My attitude will always be you make it exactly what you're ready to make it and and don't be satisfied until you got it there. And then you put it out and let everything happen as it may or may not happen. <laughs> That's it, man. I like yeah. that attitude. Yeah. yeah. It's always been the way I've uh, approached my things that I do, but <laughs> that's musical, but I think it applies in most of life anyway. Yeah, it does for sure. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Anything else you guys got going on that we don't know about yet at this point in time that uh, we haven't talked about? I don't think so. I don't yeah. think so. I think that's the brunt of it. Things are changing all the time, but uh, yeah, yeah going to be lots of... Um, Lots of touring, lots of festivals next year, and just continue to work on this album. Cool. And if people are looking for somebody to teach them a little bit about playing some guitar, how That's would they right. find you to do that? Uh, they could just message me on my Instagram. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. My my handle is Cody Shreed. Uh, or you can just search Cody Lee Ford. You'll find me. Um, but yeah, I'm teaching. I teach guitar in. Uh, when I'm not when I'm not touring, when I'm home, yeah. oh, I can do uh, Zoom lessons with anybody. Doesn't matter where you are in the world. Um, would love to teach you. Excellent, and, and and I don't think I can think of too many people out there, if any, that really would be better teachers. People oh, can thanks. be, yeah, dude. You know your stuff. That's clear as far as I'm concerned, and and that's you know that's the important part. You know, and and talking to you, I can hear you, you can articulate that stuff. So I know. You know, if you're able to do that, you're able to show it. You're able to teach. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So folks hear that. Uh, those listening album Atlantis due out this Friday, November 18th. Right. That's right. Which will actually by the time this airs will be two days ago. So if you haven't already gotten it, get off your ass and go, go get it. Go buy it. Support the band. Tour begins in the in, uh, U.S. 
or Canada, I guess. Which is it that you're starting with? I feel like you may have started in Canada for a couple of days, then you're down in the U.S. So am I remembering wrong? Yeah, we start in Chicago and then we go, we go do the, uh, the Canadian dates after okay. that and back to the U.S. after. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I had a feeling it was something like that. And you'd think I'd be smart enough to put that in front of me before talking about it. But, you know, all of a sudden I try to dig into my memory and you see what happens. <laughs> And uh, excellent. Cool. Looking forward to seeing you guys. I'll be uh, we'll be down to see you in Baltimore. So looking forward to uh, to that show. And I understand Oceans of Slumber are going to be opening for you. So that's a great combo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some great bands opening for us. So definitely come early to the shows. Check them out. Support them. Definitely. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, who else? Is there, are there others besides them? I, I may have missed. Uh, Black Satellite, they're called. Black Satellite. OK, that's yeah. a name I've not heard yet. So that's always yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Check them out. Both great bands. So great. Uh, yeah, we're stoked. Excellent. Very cool. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much for uh, taking the time out to talk to me. I wish you guys the best with the tour, with the album and all that. I hope that's hugely successful and that uh, propels you right into the uh, the next album on a, on a uh, high note. There's the words I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks, Dave. I, I appreciate it, man. And uh, always nice catching up with you. Hope you're yeah. good. Yeah, good to see you again. All right. Excellent. Take care, sir. Cheers. As always, it is my pleasure to talk with Cody anytime we can. He's a good guy. He's fun and he knows his stuff. And honestly, I could talk with him all day. Meanwhile, make sure you get out there, get a hold of the new album from Soen. Check it out. Enjoy it. Get your tickets. If you haven't gotten them already, they are going to be popping up all over the U.S., They've got uh, Oceans of Slumber opening for them. But you've got a really good bill there. Of course, I wish them all the best and all the success with the tour and with the album. And then with the future new studio album coming up down the road. I can hardly wait for that. Thanks once again to Cody for his time. I really appreciate talking to him. And I wish everybody all the best. Thank you for joining me once again for Bleeding Edge Interviews. Just a quick reminder, you can find me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you haven't already, please check out my other interviews. They are available wherever you find podcasts. Just search under Toxic Radio. And of course, they're always available at ToxicRadio.net. Meanwhile, remember, Bleeding Edge is on Sundays at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern, right in the middle of the Brain Salad Sunday, where we feature all-day-long frog rock, frog metal, anything that pushes the boundaries. This is Super Dave, signing off.